You're listening to Magpie Radio. Pie Night is the official fans podcast of the Collingwood Football Club. Let's listen in to the boys in the Lexus Centre studio. Pies fans, welcome back to another big episode of Pie Night. On tonight's show, we've got a review of that fantastic win over yeah, the Yeah, come on. We've got our votes. Them. We've got our votes from that match. We've got Mad Pie, and I think the words Anthony Rocker <laughs> might be raised in Mad Pie. Perhaps. We've got on this round, and we've got the big preview of this week's match against the Hawks. Pies fans, I'm Kano, joined by Sugarfoot. Kano, I'm excited. And Driver. Oh, yeah. Now, Sugarfoot. We all, or you and I assembled, and a number of us assembled at Driver's House on Saturday night, and we watched Collingwood in one of the most fantastic, against all odds, uh, you name it, every good good vibe, feel-good, fantastic story we could have ever had this year came out Saturday night. What a match it was. The big win against the Swans. It was, Kano. Collingwood had some errant kicking again. 10-16-76, and the scoreboard flattered Sydney in the end. They kicked 8-9-57. We won by 19 points, which was very good. It got the margin up. Very good. What do you mean very good? It was bloody fantastic. <laughs> it was a percentage-building opportunity driver. You're never happy, are you, Sugarfoot? Come on. It was a percentage-building opportunity. It was a fantastic win. Sugarfoot, you know what I'm like. No. I want to crush okay, them. Okay, but how good was that oh, win? You it, know what was so good about it? Sydney... We're playing against the supposed makeshift baby Collingwood defence. And in the first three quarters, when it really mattered, they kicked three goals. And one of them was gifted to them by a brain fade by Brody Holland when he was off the field. But no Presti, no Presti, Como, no Clements, no, no Harry O'Brien, no, no Reshaw, no Buckley, no, no Jack Anthony. We, we, we had, we had uh, Shannon Cox coming into the team. We had Licker for his, uh, his first, first game, game back. Uh, who else did we, we have in defence? Tyson defence. Uh, we had Marty. Sky Marty Clark. Clark yes. Irish. Now let's talk a little bit about the unbelievable debut. Played hundred percent of the game, every single minute on and the he ground. Got Twenty touches, twenty quality touches, magical touches. But what impressed me about Marty Clark wasn't so much the possession that he won, but his ability to get to almost every single contest. He was there or thereabouts for a kid who hasn't played any form of Australian rules football before the start of this year, to actually be able to read the play and get to the contests was phenomenal for me. The other thing about him, and it might only be a minor part of his game, but something that really stood out was they obviously don't tackle in Gaelic football, but what they do is, or what Martin was able to do is when he was getting tackled, get his hands free and feed off excellent handballs. And he was feeding the likes of Scotty Burns and, and his other teammates by getting his hands free, by getting out of the tackles, and by actually composing himself when there was a lot of physical pressure by the Swans, and we're aware of how the Swans can play that game. I think the most uh, one of the best things that I've read about him, obviously, you know, there was the Irish eyes are smiling and luck of the Irish, all those things in the paper on the Sunday. One of the, I think, one of the best best compliments he could have got. I can't remember the name of the journal, but they said the most remarkable thing about his game was he didn't stand out. He got twenty touches. He looked like he belonged. And that was the most exciting thing for me. It wasn't like a Satantaro Hopeless or Jim Stein sort of looking like a you know foal. fish out of water. Yeah. They look like those he, guys. He looked at home. He hit his targets, and you know just complimented the midfield and backline. Just that. that and he's only going to get better. Isn't those he? guys. He, look, he is. Let's talk about the backline though, because there were two key matchups. 
one of which was Wakes on Barry Hall. Now, Barry Hall had been down. He'd been Everyone had been pumping up for a huge game. Wakes goes back, takes his medicine. Absolute helps professional. The ki- helps the kids at Willie and comes in when he's needed. How good is Shane Wakeland? You, well gave, done, invo- Shane you Wakeland. gave him votes against Melbourne the week before in I his did. game on against Neats. And, and Barry Hall, he was just sensational. And also Tyson Goldsack in what it was his fifth game against Mickey O'Loughlin, who was in his 259th. I tell you what. O'Loughlin certainly found out what it's like to be manhandled by a, by a strong footballer. I tell you what, Goldsack, or as he's known around the club, money bags. No, he's not known or, known about that. Oh, really? Bernsey oh. apparently didn't know anything about well, it. Well, maybe they'll know about it soon because he certainly made Mickey O'Loughlin look stupid. And I think Mickey O'Loughlin would have been going to see his therapist this, <laughs> this week to um, check out what was going on. But look... Let's look at some of our players who played in the forward half of the ground. Travis Gloak continues to impress. One negative about his game that we should talk about, his goal kicking. I noticed, Sugar, you led a march out of my lounge room into the kitchen it's not a when march. he was taking a shot I'm for just goal. Too, I'm too nervous. I'm just too nervous. I went to the, went to the bathroom. But he presented very the, well. Tom, very presented. strong marks. He had he the most fantastic. possessions of anyone on the ground to halftime. Anthony made Leo Barry look like the pretender that he is. You can't just go around playing on guys who are six foot five and getting all of your midfield to squash back and help you out. It's like Dustin Fletcher. When you play one-on-one against a good player who can take contested marks, it makes the game a lot harder. What a screamer Anthony took. And Dale Thomas. I called for it last week. I said the man that could set us alight is Dale Thomas. He had a couple of weeks where he wasn't... Um, he was putting in the same effort, it just wasn't coming off. wasn't quite working oh. for him, but it worked on the weekend. The way he presented as a decoy half-forward, the way he was prepared to play as a tall bloke, he had some possessions, but you can't actually record on a stat sheet the number of knock-ons that he affected, the number of pushes to advantage, and, 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 and four brilliant It eventually came, came, into, came into it in the last quarter as well, didn't it? What I loved was Daisy, when he kicked the sealer, he gave us... He gave a little shout out to he gave a little shout out to Presti a sick up in the stands. A little sh- no, I think he got that from uh, from from Thierry Henry or David Trezeguet, but just, it was that little. Sh- it was quiet. Tell Keep him, a lid tell on him it. Presti to shut up. Just just saying to Presti, be quiet. And we've got footage of that. Actually, I don't know whether you gentlemen have seen the weekend that was Been on too busy at Collingwood TV. I haven't as yet, but I'll be logging on tonight. Well, it's fantastic, and there's some great footage: Wakeland, Rocker, Thomas, and of course Marty Clark. It's well well worth watching. What were your votes? driver. My votes three to Shane Wakeland for his absolute destruction on Barry Hall. Two votes to Anthony Rocker. That performance, what a performance of a power forward. A power forward. Um, yeah. We will miss him in the next couple of weeks, obviously. He was just coming into a great vein of form. And one vote to Dale Thomas for the reasons why we spoke about before. Sugarfoot, how about your votes? Look, I've given three to Wakes. I think he was clearly best on ground. I've given two to Dale Thomas, really provided the spark early and then sealed it late when we need it with the last two goals in the last quarter. And one goal to one vote to Tyson Goldsack. I just thought him along with Wakes absolutely destroyed the Sydney forward half, which was our biggest threat, and provided a huge amount of drive for our midfield and our forwards. Cono, your votes. Three, Anthony Rocker, absolute power forward, as you said, driver. Two, Daisy Thomas. One, Shane Wakeland. Honourable mention, 
to Travis Cloak for a fantastic effort presenting, here, and there'll here. be a lot of pressure on Travis uh, Cloak over the next two weeks. Why isn't he being party? spoken about as an All-Australian prospect? He is the form centre-half forward of this competition, but again, we're being ignored because we're Collingwood. He's I don't particularly buddy care. Frank- he's not let's, Buddy Franklin, is he? Let's just keep winning. Hey? I agree. Tr- uh, Tyson Goldsack as well, and... Third honourable mention will have to go to Scott Pendlebury, who was had who had a hard tag all night long, but still overcame it. Racked up about seventeen or eighteen touches, had a fantastic game. It still won't be enough to get him. Great win, yeah. Well, who knows? Well, but who great knows? win by the Pies. A fantastic win, yeah, guys. It's unbelievable. Sets us up. The beach in Albert Park is one of the club's premier hotel venues. At night, the beach is one of Melbourne's trendiest places to meet and is a major destination during the spring racing carnival and summer months. It is also ideal for functions and conferences and is a much sought after venue for everything from birthdays to wedding receptions. To inquire about this outstanding Collingwood venue, visit www.thebeachalbertpark.com.au or call on 96904642. We Pies fans are a passionate bunch. Some would say mad. <laughs> this week's mad pie. Well, for the next seven, <laughs> seven or eight hours, we're going to be coming to you live from Lexus Centre telling you how mad we all are about I'm Anthony mad. Walker getting I'm suspended serious. for two weeks by the AFL Tribunal. For hip and shoulder. A legitimate hip and shoulder. Why on earth does just because Sean Dempster is chasing Didak, Didak takes the mark, he turns around, looks and sees if anyone's there and plays on. Why just because Dempster's chasing, does he abrogate any responsibility to actually have any sort of awareness of what the hell's going on around him? And do then these running morons know anything about our game of Australian rules football? You would it think was so. based on hard physical contact, and hip and shoulder, and you know the what The Australian else? spirit of protect your mate. Indeed. Anthony Rocker protected his mate, Alan Didak, and guess what happened? Whoops, pardon me, I've just smashed all the microphones here in Lexus Centre. Guess what happens? The Two AF- weeks. The AFL Tribunal, not the umpire, not anyone that was at the game, but Tim Lame and those media fools, and the AFL Tribunal decide to give him not one but two. Now, let's recount again. Two weeks for what was, until Tuesday night, a legitimate and welcome, and if not actually rewarded, part of the game. If you actually go into the, the hip and shoulder. The hip, the and, hip shoulder. and shoulder. And I'll tell you what, guys, that umpire, Vozo, he saw the incident. He rolled right up there. to the tribunal, rang right the tribunal, there. and he told them he saw the incident. He saw it fully fair and square. Clearly. He thought it was Clearly. too high, but it was in the play. It was in the game. It was a hip and shoulder that went a little bit wrong. Didak and he paid a free five kick. Meters. And you know what? He watched it again an hour before Fans last are night. told, fans, young footballers, junior footballers are told to respect the umpire's opinion. Up until now, the tribunal has respected the umpire's opinion as the independent arbitrar. If Mike Vozzo, or whatever his name is, if Vozzo got it wrong, then he's is he going to be sacked this week? Is he, he going to be sent be. to the Magoo be because sacked. he got it wrong? Well, he got it very wrong, obviously. Well, why don't they find the tribunal? My my issue is this, guys, and I'll leave it to you, Pies fans, to have a think about it. Why should the AFL protect someone like Dempster, who clearly doesn't think enough about himself, to protect himself by looking? And that That's was this week's point. Extremely Mad Pies. <laughs> be mad, Pies fans. Be mad. 
on this round for Collingwood. Years gone by. Round 13 versus the Hawks. Star goal kicker Gordon Coventry loved playing against Hawthorne. In a round 13 match in 1929, he booted 16 goals. If only they had video. Uh, If only they had video, then he'd be considered a... The legitimate real champion full forward, not like these Coleman's and Lockett's and others. But anyway, he also banged 14 goals in a round 14 match in 1934. The Hawks hated playing against us. They joined the VFL in 1925 and didn't beat us at all until 1942. (laughs) We beat them 28 times in a row at Victoria Park and didn't lose to them on our home patch until 1960. And even then it was only by one point. In more recent times, Mick's first game as Collingwood coach was against the Hawks in round one, 2000, the Olympic year. The young pies started brightly at the G as they wanted to impress their new coach in very hot weather. We ran out convincing 54-point winners ah, what a day it was. with Anthony Rocker kicking four goals. Nathan Buckley and Ben Johnson kicked three each. Bucks was best on ground as usual and Chipper Adkins balked the Reigning Brownlow medalist Shane Crawford ah, in the forward pocket to put good through memory, an Conno. absolute perler from the pocket. Over to you, Sugarfoot. Where is he now? In round four, <laughs> 2002, Collingwood became the first team in AFL-VFL history to win 1,300 games when we beat the Hawks by 41 points at the G. Great game. Guy by the name of Nathan Buckley. Champion. Dominated ah, the midfield with 29 star. touches and well supported by Leon Davis and Mark McGough. Another guy who couldn't kick, Chris Tarrant, managed to kick five goals. <laughs> In round 14, 2004, Collingwood completely smashed the Hawks in a game where Josh Fraser dominated in the ruck and Alan Didak starred up forward with four goals. Lockyer, Tarrant and Rocker chipped in with three each and we cruised to a 65-point win. And that was On This Round. G'day, Magpie fans. For more of Magpie Radio's finest, make sure you listen in to The Squawk. Exclusive to CollingwoodFC.com.au, The Squawk features two young magpies every week. The Squawk is the place where young magpies get excited. Squawk! Pies fans, second half of the season, we've gotten off to a great start against Sydney. This Sunday afternoon, 5 Twilight Zone time, PM at the... Cougar Dome, the Crypt, the Phone Dome, the Telstra Dome, Collingwood takes on Hawthorne. Hawthorne, the, well, top four team, who would have thought it? But we're up there in the top four as well. A big top of the table clash. It's going to be a big one. It will be a massive game. It's a classic eight-pointer. And it is indeed. We're both the AFL, particularly we know the-, the AFL need to take a good, hard look at themselves about many things. The... The uh, fact that this game has been played at the Telstra Dome, we won't dwell on it, but we should mention it, is a disgrace because far too many supporters, particularly Collingwood supporters, are going to miss out. And we know that you, Pies fans, will want to be there. For those of you that don't have seats, it's a damn shame. It should have been at the People's Ground. It should have been, been at the because the AFL MCG. stuffed up the uh, television rights, it's going to be on Foxtel. So people who don't have Foxtel, get to your local uh, game, go to the beach, uh, go to any but of the... That's right. Ca- the Collingwood go to, go venues, to the club at Caroline, in the International the in Lilydale, all the... All the Collingwood places and check it out because the place we in Caroline are going Springs. to come out firing on Sunday afternoon. They call it a twilight game. The game starts at 5.10. The sun sets in Melbourne on Sunday at 5.11. So it is effectively a night match, not a twilight match. We are going to knock the lights out of Hawthorne. And the reason why we're going to do it is because 
As we showed last Saturday night, guys, we are a team. We are a unit of 22 players. So whether Anthony Rocker is in or not, and we know he's not going to be in, but hypothetically it's not going speaking, to matter. It's just not going to matter. And Zach Dawson can't, would be resting easy when he go, lines up for the <laughs> Box Hill Reserves or whoever he's playing for at the moment. Look, but we've got you, options. You, hit the, you hit the nail on the head, driver. 22 players. It was amazing reading through the papers when you're looking at best players and you're going through the checking the stats and you get, oh, Burns, GC played well. Didn't he? Um, Didak, he did enough. O'Bree, uh, he played well. Yeah. Everyone, everyone, bar one or two, had just a fantastic even contribution and that's what we've relied on. So against Hawthorne... It was hard to give votes? It was really hard to give votes. Against Hawthorne, they've got a really strong midfield, very strong midfield. They've got a tandem ruck combination in Campbell and Taylor who probably a bit unsung. They've done quite well. Okay up forward, but we can expose them down back. And guys like Travis can really, if he can keep it, keep it going. Connor, well, well that's the thing. See? He's he's a key. Travis Travis Cloak as a big man. The other thing is we've got some options. Last week Williamstown played Werribee, had a fantastic match. Ben Reed, great work. Huge four game. goals against Chris Grant. And we're not talking about a slash, we're talking about Chris Grant here. Medhurst, four goals. Dick played well. Davies played well. It's all on the Williamstown wrap-up. But the thing is, we've got depths. We've got players bursting to come into this side. And that's where the 22, like Mick always says, it's not the players in the stand that are going to win you or lose your games. It's the 22 on the field. And we've got a very hungry and united 22 on the field. Indeed. I mean, we've got 25 listed and... Certainly the coaches aren't going to make up their mind till the last minute, probably on Saturday afternoon, which of the 20, 22 out of those 25 will actually play. At the but moment, ben Reed at the, is moment a shot. the team looks like a... Uh, ben Reed is like a shot to, um, to make his debut, and he's going to be, I think, the eighth, the eighth young player. player that we've blooded this year if he actually gets out on the park and makes his debut. But there's players like Daisy Thomas... There's players like Alan Didak, who hasn't kicked a bag for a few weeks, so he's just He likes playing against Hawthorne too, driver. Oh, yeah, he sure does. He's kicked bags against them in the last few years, hasn't he? He has. And And we've got Trav, who may well kick straight this week, and if so, Hawthorne, look out, because he had a fantastic game again last week. Sugarfoot mentioned the midfield of Hawthorne. Mm. I actually think they have a good midfield. I think they've players got a great like midfield. Mitchell and um, and Hodge and the like, and well, even got some Mitchell, of the un- got, unsung know, and, ones like McGlynn. McGlynn's been found out, I think, recently. But uh, yeah, Crawford's actually playing really good footy. Let's not forget. They are. I don't think Brad they have Sewell's the depth also we playing. have though. No, they don't have I the rotation. We have they... far more players. We've talked about it week up after week. That we've all got about a dozen players that we can rotate through the midfield, and that is where I think we're going to. Beat them. We can put in Burnsy, we can put in Shane O'Bree, we, we can, can put, put in Licker, who had a great day last week. We can put in all those guys and some of the young guys, Scotty Pendlebury, Daisy Thomas, oh. all the Gippsland connection versus, Clark, versus good old uh, Xavier Ellis. Xavier uh, from Gippsland. They'll all be having a go, and I actually think we're going to beat them because we can rotate far more midfielders, keep them fresh, keep them firing, and ready to the go. The other in the thing last about quarter. Hawthorne is that they don't necessarily have flankers, and I know that might sound like a very old fashioned comment of you know the old half back flanker and the old half forward flanker, but they don't have the likes of the Nick Maxwells and those players that can play tall. And I'm going to include Tark and Lockyer in that list because Tark and Lockyer this year, as we know, Robo Tark's two point zero, the Tarkinator two point oh, yeah, has been playing tall. He's been contesting in the air. He's been marking, and he's another player that I'm not sure Hawthorne necessarily have the matchups to go with some of those marking players that we've got. Look, I think that's right, Kono. You know what? What was really key to us last week, and and when we're playing well, it's our guys pushing up the ground. 
Obviously a smaller ground last week. Telstra Dome, it'll be interesting to see. But Alan Didak, Leon Davis to a degree, and Dale Thomas were really pushing up around the wings. Travis was a bit, but Travis was playing a lot more in the corridor. And it just allowed us to get that link play going yeah. with that excellent work from defence. Maxi spoiling, Wakes was spoiling, just the composure Coxie down there. spoiling, Goldsack oh. spoiling. Well, that's going to be critical this week because Hawthorne do have some tall forwards, some marking forwards. They've got Roughhead and Boyle, and Franklin, Franklin will could, be back in yeah. this last last game Dixon. for them. But he will be back. Ben Dixon, who plays like a tall, and mm. on that small ground in Sydney, our players could cover for each other because it was very constricted. Right. They could come across and cover. If Hawthorne try to spread our defenders have an across open forward line. and keep their forward line open, it'll be far more difficult. So we're going to rely on our rest on our ruckman, whether it's Josh or Guy Stretch, or Chris Bryant. Stretch hasn't had a lot um, on on a lot of the ball, but he's done well. I think the last couple of weeks, yeah. you know, I wouldn't show on the stat sheet, but he's he's. He's a great tap work, particularly at some of the uh, the boundary throw-ins. And don't forget who we beat last week. Quite possibly the form ruck combination in the comp with Everett and, and Jolly. I reckon Josh and uh, Stretch are the form ruck combination in the comp. Well, they, um, they'll prove it this week, Pies fans. They're going to need to prove it, because, and they're also going to need to play that defensive ruckman role to help our defence chop out their tall forwards. Look, Hawthorne got, found out against, uh, Hawthorne got found out against Sydney. They had a good win against Carlton. They've had a couple of weeks off, so it'll be interesting to see how uh, how things pan out versus uh, you know a week off and two weeks off that they've had. Driver, what do you see as the key key matchups? Well, I think the key player for Collingwood in this game is going to be Josh Fraser. Hmm. In the past, he's dominated Spider Everett when hmm. we've been playing Hawthorne. You mentioned earlier the new ruck combination of Hawthorne. Josh can do a number of things for us. Play ruck drop back in defence, and then when he's resting, rest up in the forward line and kick some goals. So I'm expecting him to be the key. Kono, who do you see as the key player? I think the professional, the the ultra-teammate, Shane Wakeland, having come in, taken the scalp of David Neitz, taken the scalp of Barry Hall, and this week the question is whether or not he plays on Tim Boyle or whether he plays on Lance Franklin. But I think Wakes is going to be the key, and he's going to have some very able young lieutenants next to him, whether it's Marty Pl- Marty Marty Clark... Um, uh, supporting him there, whether it be Tyson Goldsack. But I tell you what, Wake's great influence, as Sugarfoot said, on the young players at Willie. And now he's just brought them all back up to the seniors and said, welcome to the big league, boys. Sugarfoot, give us your matchup. I'm tipping Swanee for a huge game. Uh, Swanee didn't manage to get many possessions last week. He was the subject of a pretty hard tag as well. Hawthorne have only got one probably big tagger in, so it'll be interesting to see. But... Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, Swanee, Swanee is going to is due. He's been there or thereabouts this year, just consistent. I think he's about to explode and really push us forward, feeding the ball to Leon and Allen, who are going to just have an absolute picnic under the under the dome. That's a great call, Sugarfoot. You've got me fired up. What are your oh, tips? I'm fired up as well. What are your but tips? I noticed that, what are your well, tips? Before we get my tips, I noticed that um, Presty, who's been late today, has just walked in. Presty. Wakes has been talked about Will as this champion fullback. Are you worried about the fact that when you're fit and ready to go, there might not be a spot on the side for you? Uh, confident mm. as ah, ever. Ah, yes, indeed. He's still confident about himself. And I'm confident about the Magpies, guys. Pies fans, get there early if you're going. Um, beg, borrow, or steal a Foxtel transmission to make sure you can get, get to watch this game. I am predicting a Collingwood victory by 
55 points. Driver. Driver. What about you, Sugarfoot? I'm a bit floored by that. Look, make sure you have a big lunch because it'll be about 9.30 by the time everyone gets home and you want to make sure the kids are fed and not complaining. (laughs) Don't want to be feeding them hot dogs. Look, I think it's going to be a really close game. Hawthorne have played some great footy. Uh, I reckon Collingwood will sneak home by 11 points. Cono. Sugarfoot. Good call. I think we're going to tackle the hell out of the Hawks like we did to the Swans last week. They're going to be prepared for it, but once we once we get on the field, Collingwood will just absolutely crush the Hawks. 15-point win by the Pies. Travis Cloak's going to kick four goals straight. He's not going to miss one, but he's going to set up so many. That big pivot at centre-half forward. Pies fans, it's been a huge ah. night here on Pie Night. We had a review of that fantastic win over the Swans. Well done, Ooh, Pies. Good. We had votes. Went through the Mad Pie. We are mad. mad. We are going to be mad for two weeks. We might just repeat that Mad Pie next week. I'm happy with that. <laughs> we And we just went through, obviously... On this round and this week's match against the Hawks. Pies fans, if you're there, then be loud. And if you're not, then be angry. <laughs> never forgive, never forget. Never That's forgive, what never forget. But this week, as we say every week...